You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barron and I get one cool thing to do for you. It's to bring you great thinkers that improve your practice and improve your life. I've got a new friend, Dr. Christian Pavel, who is on the leading edge of how to breathe better as a dentist. And he and his wife created this thing called Dental Yogis. You should check it out. They do yoga retreats in really cool places. And he also teaches you about how to lessen the stress you have in your life by just breathing better. He also incorporates it into his dental practice, which is awesome. So hope you guys enjoy the episode. Check it out and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barron, where I get to do the fun stuff. This is fun stuff because... I don't have to be the smartest guy anywhere. I just invite smart people onto the show and we get to ask them great questions. And this podcast is about one thing. It's about learning from the best, bringing you great information so you can create a better practice and a better life. And I have a new guest on today. And in full disclosure, like I don't know a whole lot other than my team is like, no, you got to interview this guy. And I'm like, okay. And so they usually do an excellent job. And so Christian Pavel, you are a dentist in Chicago, right? Am I getting that right? And like your angle, I mean, this one is about breathworks, but I want people to know, let's start here. Um, let's start with who you are. I always like to know a little bit about your bio first. Who are we listening to? Who are you? Absolutely. Well, first off, it's an honor to be here, Kirk. I really want to commend your energy and excitement and curiosity. It, uh, it's what gets me to work. It gets what gets so many other listeners to work. So really want to send, extend my gratitude first and foremost. Thanks, buddy. Um, but to make it short and simple, I think what, I find interesting is when people marry two things that seemingly don't go together. And for me, it took me a while to realize that yoga is one of my true passions and it has almost nothing to do with dentistry. Yet I found ways to combine the practices 
to complement each other, both the practice on the mat, breathing deeper, rest, restoring my occlusion and talking to yogis about the importance of oral health, as well as bringing in yogic traditions, mindfulness, mental health, all these concepts, and especially breathwork, into our profession and into the leaders of our profession who I believe we can do something very significant about this mental health crisis going on. We are the leaders in healthcare if we so choose to take on that role. Yeah, I, a lot. it's a lot and I love this and I wanna unpackage a lot of what you said and I'm gonna ask you some questions too. So I've heard this so many, well, first of all, I think it would be important to understand what yoga is and why breath is so important because I thought yoga, this is how smart I am, was a whole bunch of moves to improve like overall fitness and things like that. And we know how important it is now, but can you explain like in its truest sense, what is it and breathing? Yes, that's a, actually a great place to start and great question. And huge, mis not misconception, but I think it's where we've evolved. Um, it's actually quite interesting how we got here, but Traditional ancient yoga is essentially one pose and it's sitting and being still. And what it represents is the union. In, yo in Sanskrit, yoga means union. The union of the mind, the body, and the soul. The things that we have learned to separate and sometimes dissociate ourselves from, which creates a huge ton of struggle, right? When we feel we're alone, when we're isolated, where everything's against us, where everything's a competition, whether that's true or not, we can we tend to fragment these and, and create these narratives that can be really um, heavy and disheartening. So yoga is essentially, essentially the practice of finding ourselves, finding stillness, allowing the mind to do its thing without needing to control every element, because that is where a huge source of uh, suffering starts from. And there's a lot of ancient Buddhist um, influence and a lot of confluence now. And what's interesting is it, became, it became this, I, I guess, po like vanity focused, um, you know, Instagram worthy pose type practice and fitness driven practice um, only in the last 200 years, 200, mm -hmm. 300 actually. It, it, as the story goes, there was a, uh, a very high up uh, Indian royalty and he was having problems with his kids. They weren't sitting still in, in yoga practice. So his gurus or, or the, the kids' teachers had to get creative and they saw the British army doing burpees and all this stuff. So they're just like, let's just tire them out. And then maybe they can sit still a little bit. And it turns out it worked. Wow. And if you look at our world now, everything is so overstimulating that our mind's just running over and over and over again. So mm -hmm. this modernized practice actually fits a lot better in, in the sense of that's how I got into it. I, I actually first went to a yoga close class. My fiance brought me and I was like, this is going to be a joke. I was a boxer at the time. I was like, this, is, this would be a good warm up. And it humbled me. It, it kicked my butt. I was completely depleted. And when I made it to the end and there was stillness and meditation, it was one of the first times in my life that I didn't feel the compulsion to just get up and walk out and what's next? 
come on, we got to keep moving, keep moving. I was content with just being there and it was a really freeing feeling. So I was like, there's something to this. Right. I want to do this again. Yeah. And, I love that. And I want to go back to that. Now, the Instagram worthy, like I'll be the first to say that you would never, ever want to post anything I'm doing in yoga. As a matter of fact, I'm the guy in the way back. And I do mean way back because... You might giggle watching me do yoga, but to your point, Christian, um, one of the diseases I have is, and I'll just share it, like, is the running of the mind. My mind runs and I look for things. That's why I do love books. I love, I can get lost in a kid's athletic event, but personally, I would say the only thing that I ever do in that keeps my mind from running, and I was sharing this before, is I don't do yoga that much, but there's a studio right across the street and I love it. It's benefits of the body, but it's the only thing where you can't think about anything. I'm only thinking about how I'm going to get my left foot up by my ear and I don't fall over. And oh my gosh, I don't know how. And my instructor is breathe. She's teaching me to breathe. I'm like, ow. And so can you just speak to the importance of that overall? And I'm, I'm with you because when I'm done, I'm done. Like I'm relaxed. I don't. Yeah. So what does that really, can you go a little bit more into the biology or the, the you know, the physical ass or what, how important is it as a dentist if I'm listening? Yeah. I, let me simplify this as best as possible. So essentially the way I see it is it's an opportunity to reprogram our central nervous systems. If we think about on the simplest level, we have that fight or flight state that hyper alert that evolved to protect us from predators, and then the rest and digest. And there's a whole spectrum in between. And I, I love um, Dr. Andrew Huberman, a famous neurologist, uses a seesaw analogy. When we can get ourselves in the middle, meaning our central service system is, is calm, yet slightly alert, we're able to control ourselves. So if we have to be very excited for a little bit, we can turn it up. If we, if we have time to take a nap and we're tired, we can take a nap. We can turn off. Um, and this is an opportunity to do that because what I notice, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of debate here, most people are on the overstimulated side. We're constantly go, 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 go. And it's a deeply conditioned pattern in our culture. You know, technology is beautiful and is, and is incredible it is. It, the, the utility of it has... It's kind of a double-edged sword effect because now we can now that we are more efficient, we have to do more things, and we have this compulsion to do even more things. And what I find myself doing, and a lot of other people, when there is finally time to rest, we're unconsciously still scrolling aimlessly through social media feeds or whatever cell phone ritual it is, keeping the mind constantly preoccupied and alert. And when this is unchecked, when we're not aware of how we're feeling about this, the body gets overstimulated. The fight or flight mechanism gets triggered over and over again repeatedly. And it's just not a sustainable function. So we have this chronic um, stress that gets perpetuated and compounded and naturally progresses into chronic disease mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and chronic inflammation, of course. So when we're in a yoga class in the studio, we're exciting the nervous system at first and a good yoga instructor can build it up. So it's, it's gradual 
And with the breathing, the heart rate, everything going up, we're creating acute stress and acute inflammation. But then we get to a point where that gets almost unavoidable. And the whole time the mind is being centered instead of the program that we usually run, that I usually run, which is when things are uncomfortable, my mind distracts. Oh, what's for dinner? Where am I going? Let me get out of here. Short, shallow breathing because I'm not paying attention to it. Everything compounding, getting even more uncomfortable. Instead, can you stop in this discomfort? Can you be okay with discomfort? Can you learn to maybe even love this discomfort? Because we know that it will lead to growth, hypertrophy, and adaptation in the body and in the mind. Right. So that when uncomfortable situations arise throughout our day, we're not scrolling mindlessly and getting triggered by other things and avoiding and just perpetuating this chronic stress. We're instead just facing the problem more naturally without that aversive compulsion, which also is a great predisposition to anxiety. There's yeah. a lot of things there, but essentially we're working up that central nervous system and then gradually titrating it down at the end to train ourselves to turn it off so that we can learn to turn off our, our hyper alertness when it's not necessary so we can rest and digest and reset and function. Yeah, I love this. And I, I, I shared with you, I mean, I am not a mental health expert. I don't know that anyone can claim to be it. But we are now in a day and age, especially in our profession, where it is an open dialogue. And so one of our core valid missions is like, I want to create a space where we just talk about it at least very, you know, and so from your perspective, so can I ask how old are you? I'm just, you know, of course I'm 35. So you're 35, I'm 52. And so when I got started, it wasn't like a thing that people talked about. Now we talk about it all the time and it's very real. So if you were, you know, if I'm a dentist listening, let's say I'm 32, 31, and I'm dealing with a lot of this because it does happen. Like you, I'm sure you have these conversations. What are you telling other people? And what, how, how can this be helpful if I'm feeling this way on a regular basis? Any thoughts? Yeah, this is a, a great question and great point. And part of this is, this is where my heart's at. This is what everything's leading me to because I'm seeing so many common patterns. Um, in general, it's a loaded question because it all depends on what is the recurring pattern and the thought. It's very different if it's depressive or manic tendencies, um, where, which are more rooted in self-deprecation versus um, just overstimulated because there's a feeling of I'm not doing enough which that I think is the more common one. So I want to speak to that um, first, at least. And what I like to say first and foremost uh, is invite the notion that it's okay to not be okay. I think we've all reached this false sense and false reality, especially in dentistry, because you know, you're conditioned to have to be the top. You always have to be the best, right? And if you're not, you, it, you just don't feel good about yourself. And even though that technically ends once you graduate, it still continues. That condition reflex continues like, oh, the guy down the street just opened up four more ops or whatever the, the dialogue or the narrative or, oh, I have less patience this, this month. It must be saying something about me. And 
what I want to say first and foremost is it's okay to not be okay. And I love that you're opening this dialogue and sharing and talking about it because that right away obliterates the isolation. Once we feel safe enough to get vulnerable and get honest, um, it creates a whole different dynamic. I'm even seeing changes at conferences now, more dense. You know, before it always was, how are things? Oh, everything's great. You know, practice mm -hmm. is good. This is good. Business, blah, blah, blah. Family's great. And now I'm hearing more people being more honest, like, you know, I don't enjoy this anymore. I want to work on this. You know, I'm having some family issues, etc. And the truth is, we're all, nobody's perfect. We're all going through things. And when we can see them as opportunities to grow, it softens it. And the only way to do that is to first be honest about it. Mm -hmm. So I think the first step is to recognize, you know, where are we being complacent? Where are we telling ourselves, oh, yeah, that's just fine, or I'll get through this, I'll get over that, you know, it's just for now. Um, and how long has that been actually been happening? And can you be okay with not being enough and sharing that to recognize that you are enough for sure we are all are, we're all you know exceptional we're in a beautiful profession we're the we're geographic we won the geographic lottery just being human gary v loves to say this it's a one in 140 trillion chance you know you you're more likely to win the lottery eight times the mega million eight times in your lifetime than the odds to just be a human. So we're all so exceptionally blessed and lucky and fortunate. And sometimes it's so easy to forget that mm -hmm. when we're just stuck in our day to day pattern and stuck in, in our world. So acknowledging that it's okay to not be okay, creates the space and the opportunity to shift this and to grow and to make new choices to get the courage to make a change because really when when things go are going wrong it's literally just the universe saying it's time to change it's time yeah. to adapt it's time to do something yeah absolutely and so on these i have like a million questions i want to ask you if that's okay so the breathing thing right the breathing thing is crazy important. So I've watched dentists do this for, and they will actually practice their breathing in between patients. I saw this years ago and I had many dentists say, no, you don't understand like what it does, you know, psychologically fit. Can you speak to the power of what breathing does, especially now, let me add one more thing. Being a dentist is not just a profession. You're an athlete. Do you know what I mean? Like you're, mm -hmm. you're putting okay. your body through, especially if you care, if you're a dentist yeah. that cares about shade, shape, translucency, you know, I had a dentist on here. He's like, dude, you don't understand. Sometimes when you're in prep a case, like you could strap a heart rate monitor, and I guarantee you it's about 142 beats a minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, let me throw that into the mix. And, and an endurance athlete too, because think about how long we're working for the most part. Yes. Can you speak to all that? Yeah. So what I say in almost all my yoga classes, the, the quality of your life is predicated by the quality of your breathing. How we breathe is how we live. And the goal of my yoga classes is to really let people feel that. And most of the time that's accomplished as long as they allow themselves to. Almost everyone I pay attention to is not paying any attention to their breath. This is the most fundamental process of our body and it controls everything. Carbon dioxide is the ultimate hormone. It controls every 
biologic function in our body. It has its hand in something. So it blows my mind how little attention is placed on the most important thing. Like, you know, in this health and wellness world now, every single calorie, every little thing is scrutinized. But our body can survive two weeks without food. How long can it survive without breathing? So that just to really demonstrate the importance of this. And what I've noticed um, since paying close attention to this, and again, yoga was my gateway into all this. Number one, and one of the most shocking thing that a lot of people still find interesting and shocking is that we're all over-breathing. The average adult, according to James Nestor's book and a lot of research that was done, takes about 12 breaths per minute. The average elite athlete takes about five and a half breaths wow. per minute. So we're all breathing way more than we should. And most of the time, it looks like short and shallow, quick breathing. Um, and if you think about asthmatics, it's literally causal. It's, it's the cause of it. If you're breathing so hard, the trachea and the respiratory system starts to stiffen and tense up. And it just creates a negative feedback pattern that creates a loss of carbon dioxide and perpetuates this. And in the most extreme cases, hyperventilation syndrome. That is why, you know, when somebody's having a panic attack or they feel like they can't breathe, breathing through a paper bag recirculates that carbon dioxide and helps everything calm down. So rule number one, when you're feeling stress, and sometimes it's hard to recognize in the moment, but when you're feeling really stressed and overwhelmed, stop breathing. Really? Very counterintuitive, very different than what, you know, just breathe, relax, mm -hmm. breathe. No, stop breathing. So how would I do that? If I was feeling anxious, like mm -hmm. just, just stop and then like gather yourself and then take a a focused deep breath is that what you're thinking like your body's naturally going to take a deep breath if you stop but if you can just stop and trust and tell yourself that you have more than enough oxygen it, what i've noticed in when i do this the tension it, i right away first off recognize the tension because so many endorphins are co coursing through my body that i didn't even realize i was tense right and everything just starts to soften almost instantly and then the breath is natural and maybe it could be more conducive or helpful to breathe deep. Um, but I want to emphasize breathing slow. And there's a famous practitioner by the name of Dr. Constantine Buteyko, who has, has changed the course of medicine really through discovering this. He actually almost died himself from chronic hypertension in the fifties. He was given a year to live, nothing. He was a physician nothing helped nothing um was able to even reverse his hypertension from getting worse and he was getting really bad headaches too and in one of his darkest nights he noticed he was breathing heavy and hard and he thought about all his patients that were on their deathbeds and they were breathing just like that and he's he was just thinking great uh this must be it i guess this is this is the end and then he's like well what if these chronic headaches and this hypertension is because of this breathing and not the other way around? So he forced himself to stop breathing and hold his breath on the exhale and train himself like free divers to get more comfortable with less oxygen. Because what free divers have proved is we can, we can 
train ourselves to hold our breath for eight minutes. It's not easy. I wouldn't recommend trying that. Um, but you can work your way up there. I'm, I've worked my way up to about four minutes with wow. very little effort. Um, and before 30 seconds was probably my max. Uh, so it, it is possible and it does help reverse health because so much inflammation comes from this overbreathing. It's a highly inflammatory, ineffective process, especially if it's coming from the mouth, mouth wow. breathing and not nose breathing, because part of the nose's job is to slow down the breathing right. and circulate air. And I was going to ask you about that. I mean, one of the hottest topics, I mean, I'm, I'll just go there and say like the two, I've been doing this for 25 years, the two hottest topics that have hit dentistry and are staying here are the airway conversation, the breathing conversation and the inflammation conversation. So it's, it's, it's a wonderful, it's like everything is intersecting right here on the future. Don't you think? Yeah. And that's why I'm so lit up by this. It's, it's literally everything's been pointing me back to this and I've been seeing major changes in the patients that have signed up for this and are all about it. The one thing that I think the reason that breathwork isn't the end-all be-all and everywhere is because it doesn't come in a pill form. And what I mean by that is it takes work yeah. and it takes practice. The, the general uh, feedback and, and things that I see is one or two weeks into learning these breathing concepts and, and following the regimens that I create for my patients, clients, or friends is, is major breakthroughs, so much excitement, so much gratitude, and then nothing. They go back to their regular day-to-day -day and a couple weeks later, they almost forgot about it until that pain point comes back. And then they go, oh, you know what? It's been a while, but I need to get back into the breath work. Just like how you were saying, I need to go do more yoga. Right. Um, and I get it. it. It's it's in my repertoire too. I've, I'm battling some lung thing right, th right now too. And I do miss the breath work. And yeah. just the breath holds are so much harder and more uncomfortable. So I've been doing it a little bit less. Yeah. So go back to this. So I'm a patient in your practice. You have incorporated breath work into your services. You know, the value that you provide. Can you give us some perspective on what that means. So if I'm a dentist, like what does that mean in your practice? Yeah. So this is something that I'm, I'm, very blessed and fortunate that I have a lot of autonomy in the practice that I work in. And it's more, it's a more health and wellness orientated practice. And the patients are as follows too. So I pay attention to patients breathing. Their posture and their breathing are the two first things that I will make note of. If they're tense, if they're breathing through their mouth, or if they're breathing short and shallow, their eyes are darting all over. Those are already signs that there's, there's some bleed breathing issues. And, you know, it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Is it the anxiety that's causing the breathing or is it the breathing that's causing? And really, it's it's both that are compounding. So it's just a matter of questions, usually. You know, I've noticed that it, as we're talking, you, you seem a little short of breath. Tell me about your health history. And we go through that. And I try to draw correlations. And I ask them, you know, have you ever had any breathing problems? Are you prone to allergies, um, medications, all these things? And usually it, it gets to the, the patient gets to the conclusion themselves if they understand how breathing can be toxic, how their breathing patterns can be toxic to their bodies. So from there, it's just, okay, what can I do? What can I do about this? 
and I just offer them simple exercises. And what I found really works is a barrier of entry, making it an investment. And just like just like hygiene, how do you get your patients to floss more? In my opinion, you make them pay for it. Um, you know, if if a patient comes back two years later and they're getting the same profi at the same out of pocket cost that they would have if they would have come in six months, what's going to be their motivation to right. come in? Even if I'm telling them that, yeah, they might get heart disease and they might have all these other problems, if they're not feeling the consequence directly, it's not going to motivate them. Uh, on the flip side, if I'm measuring their gums and I'm noticing bone loss and I'm saying, I'm sorry, we can't do your cleaning, you have to do a deep cleaning, which is going to cost you significantly more. Yeah. Okay, where's the floss? Yeah, <laughs> you know, 100%. In our industry, they say, you know what the difference between advice and coaching is? You pay for one yes. of them. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know, and so you're more, and I agree when you have a service and I mean, you could, it's amazing. So do you have a, a varying level of services that you provide with Breathworks? You said a, a couple, you know, uh, a different treatment plans or I, time. It's just one simple system. So it's weekly accountability with a given set of exercises. Um, and the weekly accountability comes virtually, either on Zoom or on phone call. I'm checking in, so it's very little um, chair time. And their measurement techniques. So I'll just go over it very, very briefly. So what we're looking at, and Dr. Konstantin Buteko uh, developed this, this system, actually. So we measure what's called a controlled pause. The amount of time it takes for the body to desire and to crave oxygen. So you can do this with me right now and the sure. audience can join yes. along right now. Just lengthen through your spine, take a deep breath in, and passively let all your air out. And at the bottom of your exhale, plug your nose and start counting. And as soon as you feel the need to breathe again, breathe again, and note how long it took you. And it doesn't have to be like a burning sensation, just like that first, like, okay, I could use some air right now. Right there. Great. Did you, were you able to count? I would, I would say that was about 20 seconds. Yeah, I, was, I think it was 18. I had 18. Yeah, perfect. You're in a healthy level. So anything below 15 seconds is usually an indication that there's either some asthma um, or respiratory dysfunction, or they could be sick too. I've noticed my control pause goes down significantly when I'm when I'm when my immune system is undergoing something. Yeah. Or even hungover. I've noticed a patient that was super hungover and they had a and so you can improve, you can improve your breath health over time. Now, again, I'm, I mean, years ago I did Ironman. So I did four Ironmans in a row and I'm terrible at all three disciplines, like we're the worst. But one thing I was, I had a coach and so the coach would make me do, uh, I was connected to a program called Training Peaks. So I'd upload and download all of my heart rate and he would say, I want you to just sit in bed and notice. And so he, that was back when Lance Armstrong, like, and all those I, I was blown away by how low their heart rates were. You know, you think like yep. it was crazy. Like I don't even, you could speak to it more and the amount of breaths in an hour. So 
And then he would say, take the breaths and watch your pulse go down. And it would, it was amazing. Like, so can you speak to that and how it relates to just even every day to, you don't have to be an Ironman to experience the benefits of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, what you're really talking about is cardiovascular output. It takes a lot to power our body. So when our body is able to like a Lance Armstrong type, go on low power mode and be just as effective, it creates so much more longevity and so much less stress because think about all the free radicals we're taking in through this process of energy conversion, right? So it's, I guess it's a form of minimalism and conservation and it's counterintuitive, but yeah, the most elite of athletes are the best at this because they know how to take all their energy at once. And in order to do that, to have such an explosion, you need to be able to conserve so much energy. So yeah, and I've, I've heard like even Major League Baseball players are very big into yoga now and golfers. And so um, it's just amazing. Now, I have so many thoughts and I want you to tell, you can argue with me if you want, because I like to. So if I'm a young dentist, now I'm going to just throw this in the room. So dentists, I mean, one in three babies will live to be 100. That's what a lot of experts say. The aging population is going to be a huge challenge in the future. Right now, adult diapers outsell children's diapers in Japan. So as you can imagine, there's going to be an older society. So if you're a young dentist and you're 30, there's a good chance you'll practice four decades. Maybe. Let's hope you don't, you know, and you have the option. But I've had friends other dentists, and even a friend of mine who's a radiation oncologist say this, you can add 10 years to any professional's life if they do yoga. And it's not just the, the movement aspect. Would you agree with that? Like, is that make, does it make for a longer, better career, all that kind of stuff? I mean, I can only speak to my experience. And what I've noticed since avidly practicing yoga is I am more naturally calm. And especially in triggering moments. There's almost like a natural pause now. And only in retrospect, I realize now that it, it's just helped me process my environment in a s much healthier way. And the biggest difference, I've been practicing yoga for about six years now, but only in the last year have I been practicing ujjayi breathing actively off the mat, meaning whenever I'm, I have the opportunity, I'm breathing deep and slow and taking active control of my breath. And it's become more of a natural thing too. And that has taken me to a whole nother level of just calm and present. Is I'm, I'm like you. My mind loves to be consumed by something. I'm constantly like, oh, squirrel, let's go chase mm -hmm. that. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. So it has been very instrumental for me to just keep me grounded focused and centered. And in our profession, we've got fires left, right, up, down, everywhere, you know? So it, it's not a matter of how fast we put them out. It's how can we do it with grace? Yeah. Can we do it with ease? And I think that's the difference between a rewarding career and a very stressful, difficult career. Yeah. I love this. I absolutely love this. And so I'm sure you've heard all these cliches. And now I, I know very little, but like, uh, I'm a huge Sting fan. Like I love Sting's music. And, you know, you hear the folklore around like he's a yogi. He doesn't look okay. He looks phenomenal. I don't even know how old yeah. he is. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. But like, 
probably it's, like 104, I would guess. He, he looks great, but he always yeah. talks about like, um, and they do it before, um, before the show type of a thing, you know, when he's performing. So I think, I think this is just such great stuff and it comes at like the best time for this information. There's multiple benefits. I'd love to have you back on and talk about some of these other things, but I know you're, you know, you're really committed to getting the word out. And I I think it's amazing. Like I absolutely believe in it. So you're starting to do some speaking on this and other things. Like how do I find out more about what you do and how, how you could incorporate in your practice? Like, where do I go? Yeah, uh, the easiest way is dentalyogis.com. So my fiance is also a dentist and a yogi. And together we run this and we offer one-on-one coaching as well as training seminars. And we're doing, we're going to be hosting several webinars throughout the summer, mostly towards the end because we're getting married. So that's that's the big focus right now. But dentalyogis.com has all the information and our big passion project is uh, dental aid yoga retreats in the Dominican Republic which is a, a whole nother story, but uh, we do love doing that. And the next trip, we'll, we just got back from one and the next one will be in February. Oh, that's awesome. So our, uh, if you guys are listening on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, we're going to put all this in the show notes so you can actually see the links to it. So, buddy, I've really enjoyed this a lot. Like, thank you so much for being on. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And if it's okay with you, I would love to just close out with 3D breaths together. Let's do it. So we can move on to the next thing absolutely let's totally do it okay you ready ready all right find a long spine if you're sitting down press your low back against the back rest to elongate your spine a little bit more and gently let all your air out now take a deep cleansing breath in fill up all the way down to the belly Open mouth, let it go. Take your time. Pause at the bottom. Let every last bit of air out. And breathe in. Let it go. Pause at the bottom. All right, deepest breath now. Fill up, fill up, fill up. Hold it at the top. Now squeeze everything to the crown of your head and take another sip of air in. Squeeze your sit bones. Press your belly into your spine. Press and circulate the cerebral spinal fluid all the way up to the crown of your head. One more sip. And let it go. Soften, relax, and just be for a few moments. No need to breathe, no need to do anything. Know that these three breaths are a tool at your disposal in any moment you need. So take this piece with you to the rest of your day and the rest of your life. And as the yogis say, namaste. Namaste. I love it, man. That is so good. If you guys haven't tried any of this, you have to try. It works. It'll make your life better. It'll bring you to a calmer place. 
I know it works. And you've motivated me today to get back on the path, you know, and that's what we all need. We're human. <laughs> we get, we get lost at times and we need to get back oh, in on path. And, and that's, know? yeah. And that's part of the journey. Life is a game of hide and seek, right? And we yeah. have to lose ourselves sometimes to find ourselves again. Well, yeah. Kirk, next time you're in Chicago, please let me know. I'd love to treat you to a yoga class and we'll, we'll get deep on some breath work. There you go. I'm going to take you up on it. And uh, my wife and I might join you guys at the retreat. That's freaking awesome. Yes. I love it. I love it. So stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening. I hope you got a ton out of this. And I promise you, do it. It works. Check out Christian stuff. Take those breaths every day and get ready for a fantastic journey in front of you, but you're going to have to take good care of yourself in the process. So until we see you guys next time, keep watching the best practices show. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.